0: Hi, I'm Viv, and I'm the face behind Skin Farmer Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees. Hope you're all doing well this uh, Sunday morning. It's a little bit of a different time to mine and Sonny's uh, regular weekly lives. Um, it's purely because of our guest today. He, he's based over in Australia. Hi, Jake, and hi, Sonny as well. Um, so I'll get uh, Sonny on. Um, I'll just invite sonny i won't be a second um but jake jake is based in sydney uh, over in australia and he's a cosmetic doctor and we'll have a good chat with jake about all things aesthetics and ultrasound in particular hi sonny
1: how are
0: you nice to, i'm fine thanks nice to see you uh, nice to this see sunday you morning yeah um as i was saying. We, we've got a, a cosmetic doctor, Jake Sloan, yes. um, who's based in Sydney, Australia. He's nine hours ahead of us. So it was a bit of a play with timing for today's life. Um, so it should be interesting. Jake has um, been carrying out cosmetic work for a number of years now. He works with Allergan in Australia. He trains and he set up um, Ush sound training in Australia as well. So it should be an interesting uh time. I'm just gonna send him an invite. See where he is. There he is. Won't be a second. There we go. He should be joining us hopefully soon. Um how's how your week been anyway, Sunny?
1: Uh, it's been good, but I think uh I think we'll defer to Jake and uh
2: it was definitely stubborn, isn't it, Jake, this morning? Hi, chaps. Well, it's been a great day for me. I've been on the beach with the kids, so it's been fine. Sorry to drag you out of bed. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's,
1: <laughs> it's not that early here. It's, uh, it's, um, I've done the usual Sunday morning rituals of going to the tip and getting rid of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> back li- living the best life. Um, but Viv, um, obviously, Jake, really lovely to have you on board and obviously connecting with Viv so that we, ca- we can talk more about ultrasound and aesthetics. But I was going to ask if you introduce yourself um, and the people that are watching that don't know you and then that way it'd be a really good start to the morning for us anyway
2: yeah. well, first of all hi dr harris i feel famous now dr harris is joining us <laughs> um who am i so yes i'm from london uh i moved to australia in 2015 um and i was doing surgical training in the uk so same as you lads went to medical school i was at Manchester went back to London, did my house jobs, got into surgical training. And, um, you know, let's be honest, it was a long slog. And I was sort of hitting a brick wall with um, getting a training number, as many of my colleagues and friends did. And I was like, well, what can I do? But my only option is to really leave the career or, or move country. So I chose option two. So yes, yeah, so I moved to Australia in 2015. I was very lucky to get a great job in Sydney. Um, pursued surgical training for another couple of years. And to be completely honest, you know, a lot of English doctors move here and I guess it depends what specialty they do, but surgery was was pretty brutal. It was a hundred hour week, very often. Um, you know, it's very American style, sort of you're here till till you sort of finished. There's no sort of work, working time directive like we have in Europe. And after a couple of years of that, I thought, shit, why have I moved country to, <laughs> to do this? Um, So yeah, so look, I was lucky, I I won't say the whole story, but I was lucky to fall back on aesthetics, which I had already started in the UK and um, now it's my 14 and a half year. So I started in 2008, I did a a very basic course with Adrian Richards, I'm sure, you know, cosmetic courses, they're still running courses. And, um, you know, I I set up a, a very simple business. I was a bit like you guys, I was a solo injector for many years, sort of finding my way. Um, you know I probably went through all the trials and tribulations like we all do and you know we can come on to that but we talk about a lot of this stuff on the podcast. So yes, um, so I left um, surgical training in 2017 and um, pursued a, a full-time career in aesthetics which to be honest has gone fantastic and we can talk about all the other things that I do if you like. Definitely. Definitely.
0: On, yeah. Viv, I know you're no, to us it's, really, it's really nice of you to be able to join us and talk about your life because we've been speaking to other practitioners like Dr. Harris and uh, Leone, Shelker and lots of different people around the world who deal with ultrasound in particular and. For, for you, Jake, um, I've got to say, one of the things I love about, about your work on your feed is your stories. I've got to mention them. I, I, I just <laughs> watch your stories to, to put a laugh on my face for the rest of the day, I've got to say. And they just so, funny. these are real life episodes that you end up in with people sending you oddball messages, I think. They're all real, aren't
2: they? Well, I I'd, I'd literally just had another text about 10 minutes ago, and it's from a weird number from Joanna. <laughs> And she said, hi, I'm looking for David Segal." And if you know, David's the co-host on the podcast. <laughs> and I thought, they're trying to prank the wrong guy. So I sent David the number and said, oh, hey, someone's looking for you. Um, but, you know, the, the stories that I, I think with Instagram and social media, um, you know, I try and use it as a bit of fun. Yes, of course, there's some serious stuff as well. But, you know, we're all here on this earth to have a bit of fun. So, so why not? Yeah, no,
0: it's it's really nice of you to, to talk about that book. Um, as you mentioned, Inside Aesthetics podcast is um, a big part of your work in aesthetics. Yourself and David, um, a co-host of Insta- Inside Aesthetics podcast. And you produce weekly uh, recordings, I think usually on a Friday, is it?
2: Yeah, that's right. So we've been going since 2019, David and I. Um, we started, you know not really having a clue what we were doing both from a technical perspective but also I guess the educational perspective and we started quite broad we, we did um, some surgical episodes and some wellness episodes as well as aesthetic episodes and the longer it went on we, we realized our core listener are injectors and, and people like you guys so I can't remember when it was maybe a year a year and a half ago we, we did a bit of a survey of our listeners and we said you know what, what do you like what don't you like and What's hitting the mark and what's not, and it was very, very clear that the injectable episodes were, you know, the most popular. So we, we made a tweak. We, we dropped some of the wellness stuff. Um, we're still doing, you know, the occasional surgical one. We did one with Ben Bentelli not too long ago. But yeah, so it, look, it's, it's gone amazing. Um, we're getting about forty thousand listens a month now, um, in about a hundred countries. Um, you know, there are four or five main countries. There's obviously Australia. America, uh, UK, Canada, and then a whole bunch of tiny countries that are still listening, um, and it, it's gone great. And the feedback we keep on getting is, you know, we love it. Um, the the stuff that you cover is quite niche. You go down avenues that we can't really get some of this information from, you know, a course or from the pharma companies and so on. Um, we try to be very unbiased. We've had all sorts of guests on who, who represent all different companies. Um, doctors, nurses, dentists—we've uh, had a pharmacist done. So, you know, we, we just want to hear from everyone in the industry to find out how we can all better ourselves. So, yeah, it's it's gone great. I can't really complain. It's just it's a lot of work. <laughs> we spent I about think, eight hours. I an think. Um, I think, Jake, that's one of the questions probably
1: uh, injectors who are probably watching now. It's something that you know when you start off, and people say, "Get yourself out there. Get yourself out there. You need to do social media. You need to do a podcast." And people sort of get stuck in the mud into in terms of what they want to go so really the advice that if from yourself would be that if you're starting a podcast just
2: get yourself out there pretty much i know uh viv you've got your own podcast and i know you replicate some of these talks there but i mean look i i think my one bit of advice isn't well it's gonna get yourself out there but also have the stamina to just keep on going there's no point in doing four or five episodes and saying, Oh God, I've got no listeners. I'm going to stop you that 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 comes with the course of starting any new project. You're not going to be popular or successful immediately. So, you know, get maybe record five or six and don't release them. So, you know, if you have a busy couple of weeks and you can't record, then you can sort of, you know, stagger them out and and drop them when, when you're busy. Um, But yeah, you know, just, just back yourself and, and talk about the things that you enjoy. Don't try and anticipate what others want. Talk about what you want and you'll find your own niche. That's what I would say.
1: And I think that's one of your, uh, that's one of the really good points looking at your feed, listening to podcasts is that it is just about, it is you, it's it's genuinely you and you're not, not trying to essentially copy anyone or guess trends or plan out content. It's something I obviously that's coming with time organically, I'm sure, but um, no, it's oh, refreshing.
2: No, I used to do all the nonsense of, you know, talking about uh, my Friday coffee and all the crap that people <laughs> normally do. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, more recently, I don't know if you noticed, I, I don't post half as regularly because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to feed the algorithm. I'm here just to talk about whatever I, you know, what I think is relevant. So I might post seven days a week and I, you might not hear from me for two weeks. I just, I get busy, but, you know, I'd rather just plan a post and, and whether it's controversial or funny or just interesting, I, I want it to sort of, grab your attention for a few minutes rather than just be boring so yeah that that would be my other sort of bit of um advice for people again don't try and serve the gram or or serve you know someone else do what do what you enjoy and you find funny, and you'll you'll find your tribe for sure
0: no, it's, it's it's really good of you to, to talk openly about, about your life in aesthetics, and it was really myself and sort of we've been doing our weekly lives for a few months now, and we've been um, looking at our own journey in the use of ultrasound in our aesthetics work, and we thought with you um, getting into the whole area of ultrasound use in your own aesthetics work, Jake, we thought it'd be interesting to have you, but also the fact that you've been in the UK, you've also now living in australia it's good to get your own viewpoint and find out more about how the aesthetics life for a doctor is in another country so it's really kind of you to do that and help us show what that's like um in terms of uh ultrasound how did your interest in ultrasound begin jake um it's a
2: great question i I heard about ultrasound a good three, four, maybe even five years ago, I knew that um, Leone was sort of the, the, the four leader um, and her team, which is amazing in, um, in Rotterdam. And um, the first course in Australia was due to be just before COVID, I think it was like March, April, 2020. And a number of us have signed up, I was signed up, we were due to fly down to Melbourne. And honestly, I think at the time I was like, well, it just seems like the thing to do. Um, I've sort of heard about it. Let's just go and you know, see what it's all about. But um, obviously that didn't happen because of COVID and, and you know, as you know, Australia sort of locked down pretty severely, so we were stuck. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything. And you know we've got very, very few people here. I'll shout out um, Mobin Master, a good friend of mine, Stefania Roberts, but you know there's not that many people doing ultrasound here with, with experience and skill. So even when we opened up, the, the, there was nowhere to sort of go or, or no courses or no people to sort of, you know, go and sort of spend the day with. Um, and then I can't exactly remember how it happened. I met. Um, well, I reached out to Leonie and Peter prior to INCAS, which was, you know, um, sort of June just gone now. And I said to Leonie, actually, I want to do a podcast with you. Let's talk about ultrasound. So we met up. We actually went for dinner. We had a great evening. Um, and I had done their course, you know, a few days I've just before. Got a, I've just got to pause there. Don't get jealous. <laughs> that you got to go for with Leone. Yeah. Um, and I and I did Peter. Um, well, it wasn't Peter Leone's course, but there was a number of the gurus. So Steve Weiner was there, Stella was there, Leone, um, and, and so on. There was about five trainers. This was a pre-course at IMCAS. So I did, you know, it wasn't even a day of ultrasound. It was just a station with about an hour of worth of basic, basic training. And uh, I've still got my photo of Yoni clapping my, my technique. So she must have thought I was good. <laughs> I, I never let I never let her lift that down. I keep a reminder every time I speak to <laughs> um, um, <laughs> just
0: Jake,
1: um, did you ever use ultrasound in your surgical training at all? Was it a tool that you'd...
2: Um, very, very, very infrequently. So even when we did, um, for example, I did a lot of vascular work, but you know, when, when we had to map out the varicose veins pre-stripping you know, or, or um, lasering, whatever, they would go to an ultrasonographer and they would have their venous duplex. So that that wasn't me, but you know, occasionally you get exposed to having, interpreting you know, what was seen or, but certainly no hands on. Um, probably the last time I remember even seeing an ultrasound in, um, not in is in, in trauma you know when they um when a sort of a trauma patient comes in yeah. you're doing a fast scan of the abdomen but nothing of the face and in fact i'm even having radi- radiologists reaching out to me i had a guy from iraq reach out um to the course that we just held here because he thought it was for radiologists because uh, none of the radiologists know how to look into a face it's just not um a it's, modality it's, it's
1: absolutely used. astounding i mean this is a really strong point which is why Every week, we just come on and just chat about ultrasound and aesthetics. The fact that radiologists are, you know, there's no cutting edge, there's no spear point, there's no, there's no edge, literally, it's the Wild West. And as we carry on progressing, um, you know, we're discovering more and more that, you know, just like you said, radiologists are now coming to you, who's not yeah. an ultrasound specialist, but also an aesthetic specialist, and asking for advice and guidance. Yeah, I mean, that's it's amazing. I
2: fly from Iraq to Sydney. Yeah. And I was like, look, I, I don't want to over, over call this or overstate this but <laughs> this isn't for radiologists, but I mean, you, you are welcome, but I, I just felt uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> sort of almost teaching what, what he would then take back to a, a non-injecting job. That 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 was really why I felt uncomfortable. But yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, Mobin sort of had to work it out for himself, um, sort mm-hmm. of from first principles of being an injector and then understanding MRI and sort of piecing it back to ultrasound. So I think we're all learning to be completely honest. And and only, and Peter, they told me it took them years. They were just messing around, kind of, you know, they, they put the scanner over the forehead and they were like, right, well, we've got an anatomy book, let's work out what's what, yeah. um, you know, and I actually think that that that's part of the intuition of of teaching new injectors how to use ultrasound. You know, you can put a probe on the face and it'd be like, okay, well, you know, the masseter's there, right? So bite and that thing wiggling when you bite that that's the master so now you know what muscle looks like or a big muscle um you know it, it, you can work these things out from first principle and i think a lot of new uh, injectors when i say the word ultrasound they kind of go oh god because they think they're going to have to learn all this new anatomy and i'm like no no you, you know this it, you're just seeing it in a different way and it's actually really cool to see it because uh, it's not mm. like the textbook it's actually real
0: what, what was it like at the beginning when you first starting, you started using ultrasound? I, I, I'm assuming you, you're using ultrasound a little bit in your own work here, Jake, over the last few months, where you started to use ultrasound for patient assessments.
2: Yeah, um, look, I, I, I want to make it really clear, I'm at the start of my journey, but at the same time, I think it's been powerful how different my, my practice is now so you know the learning curve is hugely steep but even after you know an hour with Leone in paris and then you know doing the online course with cutaneous prior to hosting their course and absorbing that knowledge you know you immediately walk into your clinic with some skill like i mentioned the masseter you know you can do live injecting of a masseter after about five minutes of looking at masseter because it's just so bloody obvious um same for say a fixed point like the temple or the swift point a lot of people inject the swift point and you know i'm not criticizing the technique but you know it's said that oh there's no artery there well if you put your scanner on and have a look and you see a deep anterior um artery well you know you you potentially saved someone's eye uh in one second just by putting the scanner on for 10 seconds and clicking doppler so I, i think there's some real practical benefits even if you know you're not a master at ultrasound and i think you know, I wouldn't even call myself intermediate. I'm still learning lots and lots and lots. Um, I don't use it on every patient because you know, if I'm if I've got a day of half uh, toxin patients and half filler, or well, half of those I'll, I'll skip the scanner, Even though I do think there's um, some relevance for using a scanner, maybe in the lower face, um, you know, to try and avoid some of these sort of rare but you know significant complications like a funny smile after a masseter or doing a DAO. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I, I think we're all learning, um, but at the same time, it's not too difficult. You, you, you can take away some skill from day one.
0: That's my opinion. Yeah. Have, have your patients um, got a, any particular views of you using the ultrasound on them? Have they thought, that's, that's a bit odd, or that, is that effective? Is it, is it going to help me? Is, have they got any specific views about you using the ultrasound?
2: um it's funny. I mean, the first week that I had the scanner, um, obviously I put some stuff on my website that it's available. Not in any great way. I think I just added it to the price list um, for complications. I don't charge for it, and you know, just routine um, use. I just see that as a, as a point of difference, and it's part of my, uh, it's part of my injecting. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't charge for extra needles or a TSK cannula. So I'm not going to charge <laughs> to use an ultrasound. That's that's me <laughs> in my work. <laughs> but, you know, if someone comes along for something, you know, that, that I didn't do and they want me to have a look at their face, then then I'll, I'll charge for that um, sort of service and, and potentially highlights. And, um, yeah, I mean, sorry, I forgot the question now, <laughs> Go, going off on tangents. Just felt the
0: patients, do you? Just felt oh, the people patients, that you yeah,
2: treat, yeah. what were their views of it? Um, yeah, and, and so literally that first week I had, I think, I can remember, it was two or three people book in for weird and wonderful lumps or, or funny tear troughs. Um, I actually inherited a patient who has sort of a chronic puffiness just unilaterally under her one eye. Um, and she, you know, I'm still treating, I've seen a few, a few times now, scanning, identifying blobs of filler, doing small targeted drops of hyalase. She gets a temporary improvement, then it's back. So I think her case is more complicated. I think there's lymphatic involvement as well. Um, but the other patients, you know, I could just see a blob of filler, we dissolve it, and hey, presto, they're happy. So, yeah. yes, immediately, uh, the patients were booking in specifically because of the service, um, because it's not available pretty much. Well, th- there's a handful of us doing it. I reckon there's probably less than 30 in the whole of Australia doing it, you know, regularly in their clinic. So it's, it's still quite small. Um, I've got the odd patient, you know, they've been regulars, and I said, hey, do you know what, I've got this scanner, let's just have a look at your temples, because I've been doing your temples for four years now. <laughs> but let's actually have a look and see and, and see what, uh, what we've been playing roulette with. Um, I've actually got one patient, of course I won't mention her name, but... Every time she comes, she says to me, Dr. Jake, in fact, she calls me Dr. Evil. She thinks I'm evil. <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, she said, uh, every time she sees me pre-ultrasound, she said, is, is today the day that I'm going blind? And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, we really don't wanna be talking in those ways, but she's, she's joking, but she's serious. She's terrified, but she wanted her temples done because they're quite hollow. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I can actually look in her temples and say, look, see that wiggly thing that's, you know, brightening up or that's superficial, we're gonna go deep or vice versa. So, um, you know, I I think patients love it because they, they, you know, they might not understand what's on the screen, but they love the fact that you do and and you can explain it to them and they feel like they're in better hands. I think it's great. I think that's just
1: a really important point about the patient coming into you and saying, is this the day that I'm gonna go blind? I yeah. think for practitioners watching, and there's a question actually for from a practitioner, but it's a really good point that when you see a healthcare professional, every day that, I mean, I'm speaking from a personal point of view, every day you go in and you're doing fillers, you are actually thinking, am I on point? Am I focused? Is my training yeah. sound? Is my technique sound? Have I got everything I need? Because I don't want that to happen today. And I think that is the difference between a healthcare professional who understands their anatomy, their technique, and constantly investing in their technique. So, you know, for everyone that's watching, we talk about filler anxiety. It's natural, so don't be afraid of it. It just keeps you focused. And obviously Jake is sort of in a way highlighting that, um, you know, the patients will say it, but we feel it as well. I'm sure you guys will agree. There's a quick question actually from Harley Street Emporium, um, who I don't know who who that is in person, but they said um, they did an interview with Mobin a few years back on um, doctors, healthcare professionals using ultrasound in aesthetics. So it's supposed to be aesthetic doctors here in London and they showed no interest whatsoever. So, I mean, how, how is it, I guess, I'm going to label you as an influencer, sorry mate, but uh, how do you sort (laughs) of change the mindset of the industry, the doctors, the healthcare professionals that, you know, this is something that is useful?
2: Um, Look, I prefer to lead by example. I'm not going to hit people over the head with it and say, you've got to learn, uh, you're rubbish or unsafe if you don't. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I if I can say myself confidently, hand on heart, that, you know, I just gave you a great example. You just put a scanner on the temple and if there's a deep artery, I'm not going to do a gunshot technique. I'm just not going to do it. So, um, you know, I... I I you what surprised me or not surprised me, it was quite nice, I guess, is the people who came to the course a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, they're all experienced injectors and some, I think one of them you've even had on, on your interviews, Martina. Um, you know, as soon as they put the scanner on, they see a few arteries firing off and they go, holy shit. I, I cannot believe <laughs> that yesterday I would have confidently said, oh, I'm on bone. I've aspirated. So I'm safe. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's it's quite a humbling experience to put a scanner on a face and and actually see what's in there it's a bit like um you know you go swimming in the ocean here in sydney <laughs> and then suddenly you can see the sharks uh you wouldn't go in the ocean um so i i thought that that's, it's a good analogy because you know we know the sharks are in there you just don't know where they are um, analogy, same, really. same for the arteries so um look i i i, I think it's um it's going to be a slow burn here i think there's, there's a lot of, whether it's overt resistance or just hesitancy, I think for a lot of injectors, because we haven't been exposed to it, because we've had no courses, um, you know, it really wasn't a thing uh, pre-COVID here. Um, there are a lot of injectors here sort of going, yeah, I've heard of this ultrasound thing, but I'm kind of fine as I am, so why should I? that that's sort of the attitude you do get people really interested but they don't know where to start and and hopefully i can help with that in the future um what i have noticed is that it seems to be more um doctors and even dentists who who are quite keen to sort of get their hands on it and there's a couple of theories why that is i think one you know doctors want to differentiate themselves that's not to say that nurses wouldn't want to but the, I guess the, the quirk here, I don't know if it's the same in um, the UK and other countries, is that um, registered nurses who work here in Australia as injectors, they have to have a supporting doctor who prescribes for them. So it's almost by default the doctor who, who may get involved when there's a serious complication, whereas you know some of the nurses, maybe the more junior ones, don't see... Um, maybe a need to sort of complicate things when they're, they're still trying to learn to inject let alone you know add in something like ultrasound so I do understand that and I mean I don't, I'm going to turn it to the host now well, when do you think that people should sort of add this into their journey go on Viv
0: well, it's for us. We we started earlier this year with ultrasound using it. Um, after finding out more about it last year, speaking to Leone, I'm a member of CMAC as you are as well, I think, uh, Jake and Sunny. We're all members of CMAC, um, Collaborative in Medical Aesthetic Complications, um, and they had the live uh, last year with Leone talking about ultrasound, and that's how I first came across it, and. For me it was it was a no-brainer you know you, we're injecting every day we can we can't see under the skin we know what the anatomy should be but we don't know for sure and if something like no sound device can help us minimize risk to the patient and if it can us, if it can help us sleep more confidently and easily at night um, it, it's all go for me' I, same for both of you I'm assuming so
1: I think it was imposter syndrome for me so imposter syndrome kicked in, and the saw something shiny. So I was like, if I if I invest in this, my, I can take my imposter syndrome down by about ten percent. It'll just <laughs> help me. So you nailed it when you said differentiation. Of course, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you make yourself look that little bit more established? Um, and then you know the resources there. And I think I I, I was probably. I watched a webinar and then I got retargeted by Google ads YouTube and whatever else <laughs> wherever else they, so um I was sucked in, but I think there's a question I wanted to ask you, Jake, was that i mean when when a concept comes into play in your mind and this is really good for everyone who's watching is when a concept comes to play in your mind, you start visualizing what can be done, and I think that's what makes us different as injectors because um, there's a there's a certain level of artistry involved in aesthetics and that creative element comes into mind so for me it was what can I achieve with this in the future what could this mean for obviously patients what could this mean for me injecting and I think that's where it it was it was cemented in straight away Um, obviously the reality of it is had to uh, suggest this to Viv, Viv got roped into it and now he's, uh, and now we're here every week talking about it.
0: (laughs) But it's it's, it's fun to be able to talk about what we come across about our own journey and hopefully it'll it'll give others um, an idea of what's involved and what problems what issues come across using ultrasound and the benefits of it as well. And for me, I've quite enjoyed it because it lets me reflect on the work I'm doing and look and helps me to look at what I can do in the future as well by doing these things.
1: So, well, Jake, yeah. what, does it, um, what's, what does the future sort of hold in terms of how you sort of, you know, I've, I've looked at your feed, listened to the podcast, you know, you've, as you've grown as, a, as a, an injector, as an aesthetic practitioner, as a business entrepreneur, whatever, whatever labels we can throw at you you can see that structure coming through and that message is clear. What, what does the future hold for you then with aesthetics and ultrasound? Is it going to be developing the course more? Is it, um, concentrating on complications in clinic? What, what, what's, what's the future holding?
2: To be honest, I think it's all of that. Um, I've got a lot of messages post the course saying, Oh, Hey, that looked awesome. Uh, when's the next one? (laughs) And, and the truth is I might as well just say, I don't know because, it was the first standalone cutaneous facial ultrasound course uh, in this part of the world. Um, I heavily relied on Peter coming here physically in person with his colleague, Tatiana, who, who was amazing. Um, what we hope to do is to sort of stand alone and you know use my early skill, maybe Stefania Roberts' skill if she's keen to come on. She taught um, for them on a second course here uh, a few days after I did. Um, If I can con Mobin into coming and helping, then Mobin, if you're listening, you're coming. (laughs) So, you know, I need to really pull the Australian experience together to have any chance of sort of, you know, getting on the front foot and actually making this uh, something sustainable with momentum. If we just do a one-off course and then say, oh, that's it, no more, I think we're just going to be flapping around for the next couple of years, not really getting anywhere. So I'm I'm keen, um, maybe take it to a different city. We've had a number of courses in Sydney just in the last um, couple of weeks. We had a number of conferences sort of, you know, one after each other. So there are about three or four ultrasound courses in a row. And that was problematic in itself because then it sort of saturated the demand and it, it sort of didn't feel like a special thing where people were looking forward to it. Um, and it was taught by a number of different people, so it might have muddied the waters. But you know, um, all, all the all the courses were good. They were just slightly different in in how they were sort of rolled. out. Well, here's, here's, a, here's a suggestion
1: for you. It's a selfish <laughs> suggestion.
2: What do we What do you get a beginner's course,
1: intermediate, and advanced all together? Probably about three or four days, and that means those of us in the UK can uh, swing it as a business trip and fly all the way to, <laughs> <laughs> fly all the way to Sydney. Um, just get the you whole- just want to go to the beach and have a beer, don't you? Well, look, listen, it's your <laughs> fault, it's your fault. You posted pictures of Bondi Beach, I think, two days ago, uh, yesterday <laughs> or day. You took the kids there. <laughs>
2: Well, what, what you didn't get from the photos, is that it was bloody freezing. Um, okay. yeah. Actually, look, it was nice in the sun, but as soon as you're in the shade, you're absolutely freezing your ass off. But um, yeah, no, yeah, I'd love to have you guys over. It'd be, it'd be great. Um, yeah, look, I, 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 I'm sure it will happen. It's just a case of um, doing, doing the right thing and getting the right experience together and giving the attendees what they deserve, to be completely honest. That would be my hesitancy. I can't do it on my own Um, i don't have the experience yet but what i did um hopefully give the attendees when they came of course it was peter and Tatiana mainly teaching but being an early adopter who just you know four or five months ago was in their shoes knowing nothing it's it's easy for me to translate some of the really simple things that they just weren't doing properly that maybe an experienced sort of trainer just can't see they just can't see you know for example um a common thing that um early ultrasounders do is they sort of hover around in the air with it without a stable point so i was just teaching them look just put your little pinky on the face hold the scanner with the rest of your fingers and then you're sorted you're not wobbling around but i think experienced trainers just sort of assume that it's happening so it, it, you know hopefully as an inexperienced but slightly more advanced uh, trainer. I gave you know some input where I could, and everyone enjoyed it, everyone loved it. So,
0: yeah. Great. No, it's been, one of the things you mentioned earlier on, Jake, was about the um, slight hierarchy issue with nurses needing a doctor um, for particular issues in aesthetics work. The, it was just a quick question about the market compared to the UK. As, as we all know, it's a free for all in the UK in terms of carrying out aesthetic treatments on the public. In Australia, there is a, there is a legal uh, professional hierarchy involved in who carries out what. How, how does that work? And also, how does that influence training? You also mentioned you tend to get more practitioners who are individual doctors and dentists, not group clinic owners that were that involved in training for ultrasound. How does the hierarchy and the difference between individual practitioners and group clinics differ? How, how does that work?
2: It's quite different um, superficially, but I guess at the end of the day, you know, we're all just injectors trying to, you know, do our best for our patients. But here we we have, um, obviously we've mentioned registered nurses, they form the bulk of the injecting sort of cohort. I I reckon 80, 85% of injectors are probably registered nurses. Um, Of course, you've got aesthetic doctors like myself, um, nurse practitioners, they're nurses who have done a master's in a specialty. Um, there's, you know, they only form about 2% of nurses, I believe, is a very small cohort. And then the dentists do form another cohort, but unlike in the UK, where there's plenty of dentists in aesthetics and there's some really prominent ones Lee Walker, we've got MJ, um, who, who's well known for ultrasound work. Um, here in Australia, the, the dentists sort of sit in a very unusual grey zone. They're neither accepted nor, nor not accepted and, and that's partly to do with their own regulatory body um, sort of having a problem with what they're doing and their scope of practice so you know I won't dwell on that but you know there are some very skilled dentists here but they just it's, it's a little bit against them until you know those regulatory things sort of uh, get a little bit more formalized for them. Um, the other big dynamic which is quite different although I know it's actually started in the UK is the chain clinic phenomenon. So, you know, what I mean by a chain clinic is a, is a multi-franchise model of clinics who offer aesthetics. And uh, you guys now have LC UK. I don't know if you've come across them, but they're sort of popping up like mushrooms. I think there's about 50 in the UK now. We've got about 148 here in Australia, which is you know, a small country. Uh, we've got about you know one third of the population of the UK, but we've got 148 just of that chain of clinics and now there, there are multiple other chain clinics around the country so the the pros of that is it's made aesthetics accessible to anyone literally anyone because the price point is good um, they're available everywhere you go to any shopping mall or any you know shopping high street um you'll find multiple um aesthetic clinics so the availability is pretty much everywhere including the rural areas now um so i think that's democratized aesthetics it, it's made it available to to your average person which is brilliant of course there are questions about quality how do you roll out quality over you know 150 clinics and and so on um but you know I, I, truth be told i i worked at one of these clinics and you know that's how i learned a lot of my um skill and um i was sort of um, I guess, identified by Alligan th- through working there. So I- I'm not knocking, I'm just saying it's very different. Um, and so, you know, to roll out something like ultrasound in a multi-franchise clinic with 150 clinics, I, I don't see how that works personally. That, that is something that I-, I haven't quite squared yet. Whereas for your individual injector, nurse or doctor or dentist, they can easily go and learn and bring that straight back to their clinic and, and start working that's a great
1: insight yeah. that's a really good insight thank you jake thank
2: you
0: yeah we pretty much covered everything that we wanted to talk about i think jake podcast, um, podcast. podcast. Yeah. i even mentioned it before you, t- you came up in fact so let me just mention jake as everyone should know he is the co-host of inside aesthetics podcast and david there his co-host partner and um, both run inside aesthetics follow them um I, I follow you. It's a really good podcast to listen to when you talk about, as you say, it's your own views of different aspects of aesthetics. You're not forcing your opinion on anyone. People can think what they like, and you're not acting like a, a key opinion leader, as such, in, in a broad sense. You, you may well be working with Alligan, but you enjoy talking to different practitioners around the world. You speak to uh, doctors, dentists, nurses, pharmacists, all sorts of different practitioners, and it's interesting to hear what people think about your podcasts as well. Um, I enjoy listening to it every week. Um, I don't know if Sonny's uh, listening to uh, it. I, never
1: to way, I listen to it on the way into work. Uh, I grab 10 yeah. minutes, 15 minutes, and then I listen on the way back again. So my journey is about 15 minutes. But you know what? I would definitely recommend if you, instead of listening to the news or listening to music, listen to Inside Aesthetics. Or Obviously, there are other good podcasts that are available as well, but this one's probably the better one. All the best. Yeah. Um, But just listening in 15 minutes, you know, it just helps you focus for the day because it's a genuine interest and passion. And sometimes when you're driving into work, you're a little bit, you know, a little bit jaded. You know, the sun's not shining. It's raining. You know, you've, you've escaped all that, Jake. But, um, <laughs> <I> <laughs> miserable weather. We- but, you know, you listen yeah. to that sunny vibe coming from Australia in the morning, it does set you up for the day. So I definitely recommend it for you guys uh, who are watching now who are not, um, who haven't listened to it already. But I know you've got a massive following here. Feedback,
2: guys. Yeah. How-, how did you come across it? I- I'm curious.
0: I-, I personally came across it, but with other followers following you when they just mentioned it. Um I looked at it, uh, followed it, and then I came across you on Instagram. And we've been having chats about all sorts of stuff over the last few weeks, I think, about aesthetics-related topics. Um, But I, personally, I just enjoy listening to it. It's it's fun. Um, it, It just gets you in a good mood. And it makes you think about different things concerning aesthetics that you may not have come across or may not have thought about. Um, For example, you've got Martina, uh, Martina Lavery, you've had her on, who's a dentist in Sydney, and she'll be joining us next week, next Thursday at 8.30. And it'll be interesting to hear her views of aesthetics and using ultrasound. I think she's at a beauty expo today in Australia somewhere, um, talking about masseter. Uh, treatment in patients i think she's um busy doing that today but um i i I love it i think everyone should um listen to what you do the two of you you david and all your guests on inside aesthetics podcasts follow them on instagram and uh, go to the website you've got a patreon account as well i think for um, any individuals that want to sign up and um, get inside info about your podcast as well is that right yeah.
2: Thanks guys. I'll, I'll, you have to wire me your bank details. later. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Jake, just like but, uh, politics, no, I,
1: we're uh, we're non-for-profit basically. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I genuinely appreciate the feedback. It's, it's really nice to hear it. it, it you know, that's all we want. Um, it, it should be fun, but engaging, entertaining. Um, you know, that, that's all we can ask for. And yeah, you know, we, we're not the experts. I mean, you said Viv. you know, I don't, Well, I hope I don't represent myself as a KOL on the podcast because, you know, when I represent any company, whether it's Allegan or Profilo, um, who I'm now training for, you know, that's in a standalone classroom when I'm representing that uh, company and I do things on label the way the, the class is supposed to be delivered. But outside of that room, I'm free to talk about, you know, what I like. So, you know, I was supposed to do a live with Tim Pierce a couple of weeks ago where we spoke about this whole KOL thing. And I think a lot of people sort of get labelled as, ah, you're Mr. So-and-so, you're Mr. Allegan, you're Mr. Galderma, and hopefully the podcast shows that I'm just an injector who's interested and intrigued and like talking to, to cool guests. It's not about <laughs> me or David, it's about the guest, most of the time. Yeah,
0: no, it's it's I, it's been good. and I've, I've had a great, great uh, 40-odd minutes with you, I think, uh, Jake, it's been a good time. Really, just to sum up, I just wondered, in your own experience, based on your tra- uh, training provision, based on you being a cosmetic doctor using ultrasound, starting to use it, what would be your um, what would be your advice to others, other practitioners perhaps, um, who might be considering using ultrasound in their own work? In an, in a in, in a few simple sentences, what would you say to them?
2: Well, not to plug my course, but you know. There aren't many courses around, so when a course comes around, whoever is teaching, go on it and go there with an open mind. And well, you know, one of the things that I, I've heard from people that holds them back is they're like, oh, "I'm going to have to invest in a you know $10,000 device, and you know it seems all too expensive and stuff." So don't commit to that. Just go and see if it's for you. See how valuable or not valuable it will be to your practice. But I mean, you know, it's a bit like, um, you know, when our cars didn't have rear view cameras and beepers and parking, you know, half the time you're scraping your your alloys on on the curb and, you know, you're kind of guessing half of the time. Well, I sort of like an ultrasound to that. Now now you've got some sensors and you can see what's going on. You can look around the car and, you, you know, I hate using the word, but you're definitely safer. You're definitely safer. Um, so, if, if you like injecting not blindfolded, it's probably gonna be for you. Jake, you are the king of analogies. I mean, swimming, swimming
1: in the ocean with sharks, <laughs> and, now, and now the car analogy. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to go back
2: through the video and trademark some <laughs> um, of I actually have to yeah. say, I used analogies a lot with patients because yes. it, they just get it. Whereas if I sit there talking about filariology and shitting on about anatomy, it doesn't always work, but I think analogy really helps. It makes the penny drop. So, I've got a slightly yeah. niche question. I mean, this is fascinating. We've gone way over
1: time, but I'll ask you. Will Will working in aesthetics, Jake, allow you to buy a house in Piper Point?
2: Not Piper Point. Uh, it's actually Point Piper. Point Piper. Um, sorry. Point Piper. Definitely not. Those houses are about. 20 plus million. <laughs> For anyone, anyone wondering about that question, I got obsessed with Sydney Lux, which is a real estate. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so I had to I get into that there. as well. So I, um, yeah. No, sadly not. Well, look, it depends how much... Um, oh, I can't say the name, the, the P word. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving it across tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: no, that's joking aside. It's, it's it. not... No, but I mean, um, anyone who wants to get enamored with Sydney... Listen to the podcast and then watch Sydney Lux afterwards. Uh, then uh, you'll be obsessed, as I have become. With, uh, have, with... You never,
2: have you guys been to Australia ever?
1: Never, no. never, no, never had a chance. I worked uh, when I was deployed um, with the army um, in Afghanistan. There was a, there was a big Australian contingent, so I heard all about Australia. But it's next on the list. I mean, obviously, when the course you've got the multi course
2: set up, we'll be there. Yeah. We'll be That'd there. Be awesome. Yeah. And Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. this has got nothing to do with me. But if you want to come to a cool conference, we've just had what was known as A22. Come to A23 next August. I- I'm telling you now, it will blow any conference away in terms of its well, fun, but also the little hints and tips and golden nuggets that you'll take away. So, If hard about hard that, for- should we try and present at A23... It'd be great to pop over to Australia um, just to see Jake, no matter anything else. (laughs) It'd be nice to see him. There was was only a tiny component in the whole conference, even a very modern, cutting-edge conference about ultrasound. So I do hope that, um, you know, it's showcased a lot more and becomes more normal rather than kind of this weird thing that gets tacked on as as a little five-minute aside. Um, yeah. I think, you know, that, that was a great thing at IMCAS. Um, I don't know if you guys watched or, or went, but um, during the dissection sort of part of the conference, which is probably the biggest attended, is a room of about, you know, a thousand people or whatever. What would happen is the um, ultrasound guys, Leone, Peter, Steve Weiner, et cetera, they would scan a face, talk about the anatomy, et cetera, And then Sebastian Cottafana would look at the cadaver and sort of show the people. So these things were sort of brought together as one thing, not either you know a cadaver or ultrasound it was just both and i thought
1: that was great i mean that's great insight i mean basically for us ultrasound is that bridge isn't it it's we're doing something that's non-invasive well now we've got a non-invasive scanning technique that's now freely available well not freely but it's available to us in clinic um you know this has been really enjoyable viv i'll let you wrap
0: up because uh, otherwise i'll start just just Both of us really, Jake, really wanted to thank you massively for joining us all the way from Australia. And um, we'll hopefully meet up again, we'll hopefully meet up again face to face next time at some point in the future. Um, I was going to mention about training. You mentioned your training will progress in Australia and across the country in different cities probably over the next year. as members of CMAC of uh, Collaborative for Medical Aesthetics uh, Complications, we've got Leone in November the 18th, I think it's a Friday, who's providing training at CMAC in London at the IET for anyone who's interested. You don't have to be a CMAC member, but you'll get a discount if you are. And I think she's there for a day. She's also at the uh, CMAC conference for two days following that, and that's on the 19th and 20th of November. It's a shame you're not going to be there. I was gutted that you're not going to be there. But CMAC have been posting about practitioners who will be providing information at the conference. You're going to be doing it sat at home or in your clinic from Australia, aren't you, Jake? Well, unless we can bully CMAC to fund my
2: trip (laughs) over first class with champagne. um, Yeah, it looks like I'll be sat in my, this is my clinic room or one of my clinic rooms. So I'll probably be doing it from here um yeah I'm really talking about complications of fat dissolving injections and the the brand that I use is Belkyra I know you guys have got a couple of brands um in Europe but I'll just be talking about that because it's quite a niche topic um there aren't many practitioners who I think use it well I know in the UK there's a lot of people just sort of messing around with with some of these products and and potentially not being fully trained so it's quite a niche talk but yeah I'll be doing about a
0: 20-minute talk on complications of fat dissolving Great, great. That's awesome. it. Um, any last words you wanted to say about anything to do with uh, our chat
2: today, Jake? Uh, well, no. Just to extend my thanks, Dave and Sunny. Thanks for for inviting me on. I, I, I can't believe you invited me on as a, as an expert in ultrasound. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm very very early on in my journey. I just sort of, sort of clarify that again, if anyone's just joined us. Um, if you do want to follow the podcast or listen to the podcast, it's all free. The easiest way to subscribe is just go to at Podcast on Instagram. There's a link in in the bio, and then you can get the information there. And um, yeah, I wish you guys well. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.
0: Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for everyone who's joined us today, who's uh, watched the live today. It'll be on uh, YouTube. It'll be on uh, a podcast and all the podcast channels as well. Um, I just just wanted to say next Thursday at 8.30 UK time, Five thirty in the morning Australia time. I don't know why she wants to do it, but she does. Um, They'll look going on, don't you
2: worry.
0: <laughs> dr martina lavery who's a denti- dentist she specializes in cosmetic dentistry and she does a lot of aesthetics work as well um we'll be having a good chat with her at uh, at that time and i hope um hope you have a great week jake and i hope sunny we'll uh, we'll all meet up again at some point in the future but we'll be back next thursday and we'll listen to your podcasts um over the next few fridays jake it's nice speaking to you Bye, jake. thanks, thanks, very much. Much. thanks a care. lot Bye-bye. see Bye-bye. you bye bye